Welcome to another round of MMA Breakdown. I'm your co-host Raz, and I'm here with Koss. Hello, hello. We are gonna begin the Switching Stances podcast. <laughs> How exciting. Thank you for listening to another episode of our whimsical take on combat sports. Um, let's just jump right into it, Razwan. <clears throat> do you want do, do you want to start with uh, our first topic of tonight? Yeah, I would love to, and that's going to be the Fight Night 6 Superbond versus Chingis in Bangkok, the one championship uh, prime event that went on during January 13th. Yes, yes, yes. Um, overall, what do you, what do you, uh, before we even talk about individual fights, overall as an event out of 10, what do you give it? Oh, man, that was, that was a solid 8, 8. Uh, yeah. For like a free prime video, like if you yeah. have a prime account, which nowadays who doesn't? Um, you almost that need was, it. That was <laughs> an awesome way to spend uh, Friday night. Yeah, I I literally I told myself as like the fights were going on, as we were going into the final fight, I'm like, I give this a seven. And then after the last fight, I'm like, this is an eight card, if not like eight and a half, maybe close mm-hmm. to a nine in my opinion um like me personally to talk about like the whole experience i was actually out you know uh at a, the movie theater saw puss in boots um two or whatever it was unbelievable movie by the way highly recommend puss in boots <laughs> but uh <laughs> got home got home late but then what i was able to do was start the event from the beginning while it was still running live which was a really nice feature so then um i essentially started it from the gary tonin fight and then was able to watch it and then I almost caught up to where it was live because I was like skipping through ads and skipping through like the little intros or whatever. So, um, you know, props to Amazon for getting their shit figured out with how to live stream it. They're doing a lot better job of live streaming than like ESPN Plus where it's constantly crashing. Uh, but no, it was, a, it, was a, it was great. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, if speaking of first fight, it was like, yeah, would you would you make of Gary Tonin's performance? The lying killer, Gary. He put on a really fun performance. He put on a Gary Tonin performance with the Kimura. Yep. Uh, round one against Johnny, Johnny Boy Nunes. Um, <laughs> uh, that was a really fun way to kick it off. Uh, props to Gary. Yeah. I thought it was really smart on one's part to put Gary as uh, the opening card. Again, Johnny Nunes. Oh, and two and one FC now or one championship now, you know, not the not the most difficult of competitions, especially when you think like Gary, what is coming off fighting for the belt, right? Mm-hmm. Against Ton yep. Lee. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'll say if 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 there's a if there's an Achilles heel to one, it is depth of rosters, especially as you get up to like lightweight and heavier. Um because you know they're lightweights. I think fight at one seventy because yep. of the hydration clause. Yeah, so it's kind of like lightweight and up. Depth of the classes isn't insane, um, and I think this was an example of that where we saw Johnny Boy uh, fighting Gary. <laughs> uh, but no, I thought Gary went out there, did what he had to do, put on a very you know Gary Tonin performance out there. First round Kimura. Um, what, what what do you want to see Gary do next? Oh, man, the sky's the limit for Gary. I mean, he flirted with the grappling belt. Uh, He lost to Ty Rutulo in round Mm -hmm. one submission. So that's, um, you know, not the 
best performance, but uh, he is an elite grappler and he's got a really outside the box style. So if he continues MMA like this, I don't mind a Gary Tonin fight. So I'm really happy with what he's doing. Uh, I would love to see him though, throw in some grappling here and there just as a grappling fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And I think uh, the concept that like, you know, in theory he could be a double champ, but it, in like different disciplines like a double champ in mma and then a double champ in the grappling department of one i think is a really really cool idea and it's something i'd like to see him um go for i think i think that'd be cool he is what number two ranked in, in the lightweight lightweight yeah um so i don't know i don't know who he fights next uh if i'm being honest but i i would not mind to see him um make another run for the belt uh, can we just real quick though talk about what he's doing with his hair? Um, it's outside the box. Um, I feel I feel a little bad. You know, he's got alopecia, so he's got you know all those holes in his head. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I... he's just letting it do its thing. You know, he's focusing on training, and his his head will do what his head will do. <laughs> I just, just want to like I want to touch the areas where there's no hair. You know, where it's like completely bald. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, next topic. Um, <laughs> we saw we saw Stamp Fairtex take on uh, Supergirl, and actually, what was not supposed to be a fight that was supposed to happen. We we're supposed to have Stamp fight uh, Anissa Mexen 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 in what was supposed to be a mixed rules fight, but uh, Anissa missed weight uh, and dehydration test window, so Supergirl stepped up she was supposed to fight on the prelims she stepped up and then it was just a kickboxing match between them those two girls uh and it was a great fight dude it was an uh people always talk about women's mma is caca and all this stuff and you know what i'm kind of more on the boat that agrees with that there are uh, in the ufc i think there's a few female fighters that are elite that put on good shows but that 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 fight between stamp and super i thought was really really good uh to watch it was a really fun fight. Props to Supergirl. She stepped in with less than 24 hours notice. Uh, and she put on a very good performance with a split position. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who, only who 19 did... years old. She is only 19. Yeah. Stamp at 25. Supergirl 19. Who did you think won that fight? Oh, man. I had it for... I was like, oh, you know, it's super close. I don't know what... Uh, I was like, the first round was the most questionable to me, Mm -hmm. Supergirl. And then the third round, though, had to go to Stamp. And the judges also gave it. She had a really good ending uh, performance. Yeah. Yeah, I thought thought Stamp won round two and three. Um, Supergirl's active. Uh, She had the 10-pound weight advantage, I think it was, uh, which Mm -hmm. really, I thought, played a factor. But Stamp's just accuracy and even being 10 pounds lighter she was landing some crazy oh yeah crosses kicks she was oh man dude she was putting some heat behind him what'd you think of rod tang coming back and fighting yibu uh, <laughs> uh i thought i thought it was a great fight for rod tang i thought um what it really did more than anything for him was show his maturity uh because he dominated the the first couple rounds and then kind of coasted at the end instead of going for the big knockout um it was a good fight i to be honest i don't 
I don't know much about Yibu. I know he's a Chinese kickboxer. I thought he he did fine. Um, he got cut up and it was, he was bleeding pretty good. But uh, he went out there, put on a good show. I thought it was a, a I, I I thought it was a good showing from Rateng. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm. I hope he's gonna sign up for this uh, kickbox or Muay Thai championship. I really hope he's gonna be in it. Um, yeah, so... I want to see Rod Tang versus Overeem. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, goodness. Um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, after like uh, pictures are surfacing now of Rod Tang, because uh, uh, he's promised after this fight he was gonna go. And become a Buddha, like a, a, a monk for two weeks. Uh, so he shaved his head. I saw the photos. He shaved his head. He's in a monastery, mon- a monk monastery, uh, because apparently his parents aren't doing great health wise. Um, and this was something they like always wanted him to do. So props to him uh, fulfilling fulfilling his role as a monk now. Uh, and then he gets married. Yeah, that's really exciting. Not the his parents not feeling well that's <laughs> not very well but him uh getting married and i think he is finding a lot of enjoyment in doing that as well yeah um i mean you gotta think the guy's got he's 25 he's got a lot of fights under his belt a lot of mileage um on those tires so i i'd like to see him capitalize the next couple of years really on kind of the name he's built off of fighting demetrius and kind of being the guy especially you know on youtube yeah i definitely agree uh Um, here okay uh speaking about another guy we got ung uh absolutely smacking down mr steroid head gilbert galau uh in round one uh dude i was so i was watching this film my dad my dad's like dude what the fuck (laughs) galau came out first (laughs) and i'm like this guy's gonna lose don't worry he's like how <laughs> uh, no, I thought I thought it was a great performance from Ong. Um, Ong is one of those guys I don't think gets enough uh, respect in the sport. I mean, he's a former middleweight and light heavyweight champion for one. Um, he carries a flag for Burma. Um, uh, he, to me, he's he's a legend of the sport. No, yeah, he definitely is. He is one of the foundational characters for one as the sport grows. Um, I hope people still remember about Ung because he deserves the respect of, yeah, formerly being the middleweight and light heavyweight world champion at one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he tried out for the Ultimate Fighter. I don't fun fact, twice. Oh, really? Um, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, but they cut his weight class. Um, and he kind of is like, oh, it's too late for me to do something like that now. But um, yeah. over here in one, I don't know if he sh- he has such like respect here at one as like, you know, being a two time champ. I don't think he has anything to anything he needs to prove in the UFC, you know? No, I don't think so either. You know, he's also he's 37 now, too. I don't, I, I see no reason for him to jump to any other promotion, I think. If he can go back, win the middleweight belt back, I think that'd be a great way to like finish off the last couple years of his career. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, now, if you watch the one event, uh, <laughs> you probably saw something you've never seen before, and that is a knee 
or yeah, the knee getting separated from the rest of the leg right in front of you. <laughs> that happening during the Mikey Musumeci and Guntermer uh, grappling fight. That was something to see. Dude, what what was the result of that? Like a MCL, ACL, PCL, and like a broken ankle? Yes. It, the something doctors like labeled it basically like a motorcycle accident. Like That's like you falling off your motorcycle and dislocating your knee from your there's nothing holding it you know to the rest of the leg it was nine minutes of mikey just torquing this guy's fucking (laughs) heel it was unreal dude i was watching with my dad like i said dude he's like what the fuck is going on and i'm like oh he like he he kept looking away but it was nine minutes dude of that guy's knee being turned backwards um it has, has to be all-time stupid like no no taps right oh for sure because i don't if i like I, there's no way he's gonna walk or be able to do the same stuff with that leg ever again unfortunately he and the thing is you know your leg is being you feel it you know everyone mm-hmm. knows that who's grappled knows the popping the little that pressure and it's not fun and it's you I don't know how he didn't tap, but it's a really unique match in that you aren't really going to see something like that in MMA because you can still get punched in the face, you know, or mm-hmm. you can still yep. um, escape in various ways um, and not uh, see something where a, 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 such a technical move that uh, in grappling. Yeah, I thought... What I really liked seeing from Mikey in that position too was the way he was, he was doing the Reaper guard, but then getting the figure four, and then and then uh, like hooking the other guy's leg with his heel, or with his ankle. So he was using his ankle to hook the other guy's leg with mm-hmm. a figure four. So the way he was just wrapped around his leg was so dominant, and then he could just torque his whole upper body. Um, I thought it was it was sick. It was it, sick in a good way and sick in a bad way. <laughs> Somehow at the same time. Yeah. Speedy recovery to Gantamore. Yeah. Um, I honestly. Possible. Yeah. If it's, if it's possible. <laughs> Dude, I think, I, I think they said somewhere between like 13, 14 months out. So the whole neck this year is gone for him. Um, but yeah, speedy recovery. And you know what? Dude, he is a guy, he, you know, um, a little bit, a little bit of his background, a good Sambo guy, good grappler in general. I don't know. Maybe, maybe gives MMA a try after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i would he's i mean if you got a background in combat sambo and you can come to the stage and grappling you should t- try out mma yeah <laughs> for sure um and then following that one we got the first uh title fight of the night well actually i guess that one technically was for a title fight as well the grappling title fight this is the first kickboxing title fight of the night we got superlek versus daniel puertas um Biggest thing I got from this, uh, Daniel Portas did really well. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I thought. I saw moments where Superlek could have been in trouble. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I thought I thought the best thing Daniel did was he kept moving forward. He was relentless, just moving forward, even if he got you know got a shot taken on him. He just kept moving forward, pushing the pressure on Superlek, and you saw that towards the end, kind of weigh him or kind of wean him down a little bit. Um, I thought I thought the gas tank was running a little empty towards the end for Mr. Superlick. 
the elbows are a huge factor when these kickboxers come and vice versa when muay thai specialists come to kickboxing the the removal or the addition of elbows and stuff is so it changes the striking completely and i think mm-hmm. something we saw yeah and then something else I, in that fight specifically is um no clinch Mm-hmm. No clinch, and uh, the ref kept getting on super leg for that because he was, you know, doing the tie clinch when mm-hmm. it was a kickboxing fight, and he and uh, he was getting frustrated because um, I think it, did he get a point taken out at one point? Uh, I yes, yes, he did. I think he did get a yellow card. I think, I th- he got a yellow card or something um, for that, which you could see how how frustrating that was for him too, because he he like. You know, it's a fine line between you know a little dirty boxing and uh, clinch work, so it's up to the referee's discretion at that point. But no, I thought I thought it was a great fight from both guys. Uh, and honestly, like I said, man, Daniel Portas surprised me. Mm-hmm. He's uh, the real deal. One hundred percent. Now to the main event: Chingis versus Superbon. Something we didn't we saw something uh, we didn't expect: Superbon <laughs> hitting the mats three times for the TK, TKO finish in the second round. Um, crazy. It was crazy, man. Uh, Chingus, dude, that guy's a dog. He came out. He came out, was just... He was in fourth, fifth gear in round one, and Superbon never got... I don't think he ever got out of first gear. Mm-hmm. Um, Chingus brought the fight to Superbon. I think caught him really off guard, and then just dropped him three times in a row there. Um and is now the new fucking featherweight champion. Good for him. And he um, has his eyes on the lightweight champion. I think that would be really exciting to see. He definitely has that power. I would be excited to uh, see him attempt that. I like Chingus a lot. Yeah, no, this this made me a fan of Chingus. Uh, I, I would I would watch another one of his fights. Um, aggressive, very aggressive. Um, and accurate, yeah. Accurate, powerful. Um, yeah, no, but it was it was a great main event, and like I said, you know that that one being the knockout for me put this at like at least an eight out of ten, mm-hmm. um, from a viewer standpoint. And then can we just talk about my boy Chatri City Dotong <laughs> just giving everyone the fifty thousand dollars? He's the real real <laughs> deal, and I loved to also uh, that um uh, the. Thing he did for Victoria Lee was very nice, and it was, uh, yeah. it was very nice. And it was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was what it was what the people needed. Um, yeah. So props to Chatri. Um, that was great. Awesome. All right. Thank you. One. Put you off to the side a little bit, real quick, before we talk about the pay per view. Uh, there was a fight night. Um. Uh. The day, the night, right after the one event, it was, uh, UFC Fight Night. The one we all wanted, of course, <laughs> Strickland <laughs> versus Imavov. Um, Strickland won, man, and you know, Strickland deserved to win. Imavov came out there and looked like he did not have ten weeks of preparation. <laughs> yeah, that was not, um, not. What I was expecting out of that fight card, the main event was a it was a fun one to watch. Props to Strickland, Um, but the apex is just so unacceptable. It's just like it it, it, drains the energy. mm -hmm. 
and it's just it, like when you compare it to like the vibe that one will give you when you're watching it upbeat the everyone's happy the fans everything fireworks yeah and then i watch a fight night where i'm just supposed to be so happy just hearing the punches and the grunts right <laughs> some dad going let's go son! <laughs> Yeah. It is not okay. No. Uh, the only other thing that happened on that card that I thought was worth making a note of was Umar Nurmagomedov uh, got that nasty knockout. Uh, Khabib's cousin, I believe, uh, went to throw a knee, then threw a hook, knocked the guy out flat cold. Um, I thought that was impressive. And I think he's ranked 12th or 11th now, Umar is, at bantamweight. So... Damn. Just another, just another weight bully, fucking inbred Dagestani to watch out for. <laughs> All right, oh, enough man. of that. Let's get into it. UFC two eighty three Dashera versus Jamalu. Um, let's make a note. I want to, you know, uh, the only thing I want to talk about the prelims was the Mauricio Shogun Hua uh, fight. And, you know, man, something that grinds my gears is seeing these old legendary guys put up against a no, 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 nobody 26, 27 year old that's trying to make a name for himself and just getting knocked out. It, it happened with Shogun. It happened with Frankie Edgar. It happened with Donald Cerrone. Um, you're seeing these old guys just be fed to the land to the or just fed to the wolves. And it's. I don't know. Like we couldn't have found a guy that's like at least mid thirties for Shogun to fight in his last fight. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it's never fun, but that's like it's the fight he he must have accepted. Um, I, I, yeah, it's a hard thing because it's like, what do you give him? Do you give him the 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 really new up and comer, and if he loses, he his career could be over, or do you mm-hmm. give him the hungry guy who more or less is gonna have that physical advantage and yeah. it could eat him up it's a really tough call i don't know what the correct yeah but i would love just like if possible you know like two guys riding in the sunsets together mm-hmm. you know one last uh, one last time that would be like the perfect send-off i suppose yeah like like i thought the Nate Diaz Tony Ferguson fight even though that's not what it was originally booked originally they were going to feed Nate to Hamzad uh, but the what ended up happening, the Tony Nate fight, I thought was a great mm-hmm. send off for Nate, and honestly, probably should have sent been a send off for Tony if we're being honest. Um, <laughs> but like you're you're putting him against you're putting Shogun against Ior uh, Patorier, who is this fucking Ukrainian monster coming off a loss to our boy Nikolai Negumariano. Um, so he's coming off a loss. He needs to win. He's fighting an old man. Of course, he's gonna fucking go out there and take his head off. <laughs> But nonetheless, please introduce the first fight of the pay-per-view. Oh, yes. Paul Craig versus Johnny Brazilian label Walker. (laughs) Paul Craig. Paul Craig. Oh, man. That was uh, not. It was what I was expecting, but it wasn't. (laughs) Oh, man. It was like exactly. I was like, hey, Paul can't do this. (laughs) <laughs> like Paul will be fine as long as he doesn't do this and then he does exactly that um, props to Johnny dude Johnny is the biggest guy at 205 Johnny's 6'5 I think he um, 
he took a video of himself the day after the fight walking at like 238 pounds <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first off i don't know how he makes 205 but johnny johnny's a powerful guy johnny's a, johnny's an exciting fighter um he's either gonna get knocked out like a goofball or, or knock someone out so Props to him. It was a good. It was a great way to uh, start the fight night or start the pay per view. Oh yeah, I would watch Paul Craig versus Johnny Walker like ten like for the whole fight card. Like every just them like clones of them just fighting each other. I think they were like a really fun matchup, and uh, yeah. I hope Craig gets uh, wins his next one. He's on a two loss streak now. Um, so yeah, I want him to get back up in the rankings. I you know I said this before Paul Craig is the Charles Oliveira of light heavyweight but the problem with being the Charles Oliveira of light heavyweight is that when you get you know when you take a shot to get a good jiu-jitsu position that shot can knock you out and that's kind of what we saw with Johnny Walker unfortunately um I hope Paul can get back on a little streak he was on a really nice win streak there um if I had to say who he would fight next man I don't know maybe Dominic Reyes Maybe Volkan Ozdemir. Those are two good people. I like both of those. Mm-hmm. Anything I like, yeah. But Dominic Reyes is like, I want him to climb back up so he can rematch Jones. You know, that's never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that'll ever happen. Uh, what about Johnny? Who do you think Johnny fights next? Johnny, right now, because he's not getting John Jones. I'm sorry, he's not. Mm, he wants that double status too. <laughs> Double status. Uh, he's not even a champ at light heavyweight. <laughs> uh, Anthony mm. Smith. Ooh, I like I like that fight. I, I, some people were saying Anthony Smith fight fight for the title next. I think those people are drunk. Uh, <laughs> Anthony Smith doesn't deserve a title fight. I'm sorry. I don't even think Anthony. I'm sorry. Respect to Lionheart. Respect to Anthony Smith. I like him as um. I like him on um. What's Bisping's podcast called? Um, Believe you me. Believe you me. <laughs> I like him on Believe You Me. Uh, I like him as an uh, analyst on uh, the ESPN shows. Uh, the fighter Anthony Smith, I'm not a fan of. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't like Anthony. I don't think Anthony Smith is that great of a fighter. So uh, yeah, I'll, I would take. I would gladly take Johnny Smith versus Anthony Edwards in a fight night, maybe in a title contender type of fight like. Winner fights for the belt after everyone else in the top four has fought for it. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting position right now for light heavyweight. Dude, light heavyweight it. might be the most. I mean, it, it's all. I feel like it's always the most interesting weight category in the UFC, but it's really something right now. Yeah. Next on to the most exciting event, Lauren oh, Murphy to abs- Jessica Andrade. That was such a fun one to watch. Just two babes going off. Um, let's be honest with the fans here, Razvan. What, what did we do during this fight? We went and picked up our food. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we not just any food. We the gentlemen we were. We picked up baked goods, <laughs> picked pastries. <laughs> I had the best key lime pie. What's oh, that place yeah, called? The- uh sweet life patisserie sweet life patisserie yeah no that key lime pie the 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 one you recommended to me the one with the cream in it the mm-hmm. what was that called josephine yeah the josephine was good but that that uh key lime like cake was to die for 
Ooh, good. Yeah, I had that literally. Actually, I have some in the fridge. I I always like Damn. stock up. <laughs> but um, that was on the replay. Very dominant performance by Andrade. She uh, yeah. put on a clinic, uh, fractured Lauren Murphy's face. Um, I don't know why Lauren Murphy was up against Andrade. I don't know what kind of matchup that was. Yeah, I mean, Lauren... Lauren had gone up the rankings here, but every fight she had very Misha Tate esque, where it's holding them, you know, holding the other woman down, landing some punches, but really just out wrestling. I don't know. I I kind I get why they made the fight in a way, but I'm happy that Jessica did win because she absolutely is the more talented fighter and deserved to win. Um, kind of weird afterwards too. Like there was a case for that fight to be stopped uh, going into the last round. And then um, and people were cr- kind of criticizing her coach about that afterwards. And Lauren came to his defense and saying that there's a double standard between a woman fighter and a men fighter, how men fighter men fighters are allowed to kind of die on their shield. But then once a, what's a woman, there's more criticism and all this stuff. And I, I, I don't know. I think she kind of took it to a place. No one really was inferring or yeah, she could take it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sad that she took it that way, and that's how she kind of took her exit. I don't think she should focus or think like that. She put on; she had a great UFC career, sixteen and six, and she. I like thank you for your service in the sport, and I hope she finds success in whatever she does moving forward. Are Are you claiming this to be her retirement fight? <laughs> Is she going to try another title run? Of course she will. (laughs) Come on, man. She fought for the belt two fights ago. (laughs) That's what I mean. Oh, man. Come on. If if, if anyone can get that belt at whatever age. Hey, shout out Lauren Murphy. Prove me wrong. Prove us wrong, Lauren, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get into the next fight here. This was a tricky one in my own head. I don't know why. <laughs> I thought Neil Magny was going to pull uh, something against Gilbert Burns, but uh, Gilbert had a, you know, he showed his jiu-jitsu, which is very fun to see uh, from Gilbert because his jiu-jitsu is, it cannot be better. Oh, yeah. Durinho is something special on the ground. Um, happy, happy to see that. Happy he got it done in the first round. They were dry. Happy it was against Neil Magny, who's a guy who like tries to flex his jujitsu skills. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm ha- very happy with that fight all around. Um, good for Gilbert doing it in Rio. He's yeah. I mean, what Gilbert showed is you know Gilbert's still a guy at welterweight. He's not. He's lost to Usman. He's lost to Chimaev. Other than that, you can't tell me like Gilbert ha- isn't still in the running. Yeah, you look down his list, his previous fights, they've all been pretty cream of the crop people. What mm-hmm. Win or lose, cream of the crop people that are still very relevant and still very good in this sport. Um, yep. Called out Colby, which I think would be a pretty f- it fun jujitsu versus wrestling not mm-hmm. both with their own uh gilbert's definitely got heavier hands than colby so that oh, would, yeah. would be a very fun matchup uh 
I'll see if Colby wants to do something against another wrestler, though. Or, I guess, grappler, I should say. Yeah. I like the call-out. I think the call-out's good. Um, and then as soon as he called it out, he tweeted out like a poster that was the ultimate fighter. And it was like him and Colby essentially teasing <laughs> it like it would be like Chael Vanderlei Silva, like 2.0. Oh, my say. goodness. So, uh, which I think it, <laughs> that would be pretty fucking funny. Um, but we know who's going to get the slot, don't we? We'll talk about that a little uh. later. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think him versus Colby would be a great fight. Um, I also <clears throat> would love to see Gilbert versus Bilal. Um, I think Bilal's just a little too high at number four. You think he's high? I'm kind of on that Bilal hype train. You're on that Bilal hype train? Really? I am on the Bilal hype train. I'm on what, because it. Because he's training with Khabib? Not that he's just kind of uh, he's a smart fighter. He's uh, he knows how to he knows how to win. You know, that's what he does. He doesn't he doesn't take the risks. He did do that training camp with Habib and he spoke on the Joe Rogan podcast how that was. Um, But it's not like he's training there full time. He likes to kind of take stuff from everybody which i think is like a another really good trait for a fighter to be so open-minded and not really constraint their style um so i'm on the Bilal hype train i think Bilal should uh, uh be fighting soon for the belt i mean interesting i'll give Bilal this in his last fight he definitely showed improvements in his striking but that was against Sean Brady, who is even more of a grappler, anti-striking guy than Bilal. If Bilal goes out there, puts on more exciting fights, sure, I'll, I'll say, yeah, go ahead, Bilal, fight for the belt. But until that, I don't know. I, I've always been an anti-Bilal guy. <laughs> Nothing against his character. He's a nice guy. I, th- I actually did enjoy that, epi- uh, that episode of him on JRE. Uh, but strictly fight style-wise, not my cup of tea. Yeah, he has a more boring uh, style, but he showed that he can turn it up and it could be uh, like a Kamaru Usman, you know, type thing where, oh, he's starting, he's knocking guys out now. You know what I mean? So soon they're going to say that Bilal jab. It's the best in the UFC. (laughs) One can only dream. (laughs) Next fight. Uh, Man, the quintuple ended. Uh, we had Devasan Figueredo, the hairstylist, versus Brandon Moreno, the Lego master. <laughs> <laughs> we had Mr. Moreno, the baby assassin, uh, getting a round three, kind of in between round uh, two and three. Uh, Dr. Stoppage like, uh, with a legal eye poke. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this stop? Not how I wanted to uh, end the fight. Um, I don't know if that's how Figgy wanted to end it. Uh, I wonder if he would have been down to fight with one eye. You know, that's just me asking him, you know, what would you? I wish he guessed that number correctly. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, But uh, I I don't know. It's not. I. It's just like, I don't know. Like, you got to think these guys fought each other for years, like two years. Two, this is three years. 
and it's that's how it ends like they not 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 taking anything away from brandon or anything Mm -hmm. that was a very smart powerful it broke his face and he deserved Mm -hmm. this you know like you know fair and square um but i don't know yeah uh that's kind of it's exact feeling that i had towards the words like uh yeah that was enough to end like that was a good punch and that and the skill of that should be rewarded but then at the same time it's like man is is, is that the way we're gonna end this you know this qu- quintuple no quadruple whatever you want to call it the fourth fight like so much history back and forth between those other those other three fights and then this kind of this ends between rounds because a doctor stops it when like figgy is down to keep fighting Mm-hmm. I don't know, and then it was really awkward at the end too when he took his gloves off. I thought he was going to retire. Uh, man is thirty five, but then he's retiring from uh, flyweight to go up to bantamweight. Yeah, very dramatic. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, good luck. I don't know if oh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Good luck. I don't. Dude. And who? Who would you put him as as your first fight? Like who? Him and uh, Peter Yan? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, here, let me check the rankings real quick. Let me pull up the rankings. Um, bantamweight, bantamweight, dude. The problem going from flyweight to bantamweight is bantamweight might be the most stacked division in the UFC right oh, now. Oh yeah. What about him and TJ with one arm? <laughs> No, TJ's gone. TJ's retired. <laughs> I know. For now. For now. <laughs> um, man. Do you put him against Umar? Umar Namagamedov? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> or, so Umar's 11. Or do you put him against Sayed Nurmagomedov at 14? <laughs> There's no way he would take that fight. I, I don't think he would take... I think... He's he he wants like a top five guy. Do you think he deserves a top five guy? Um, I think that's what he's gonna go for. I think oh, that's man. what. I mean, he was a very dominant. I mean, take minus this uh four <laughs> four time back to back to back to back title fights. He mm-hmm. had a very strong. He owned that division. He was on a very long streak. Yeah. Um I mean he was he still only has three losses. Twenty one, three and one. Yeah, maybe Rob Font at six, Dominic Cruz at seven. Maybe Dominic Cruz. Oof, that would be fun. That would be a fun fight. That would be a good matchup. Dom looking at what's Dom's age? Thirty seven, Figgy's thirty five. Dom is not the biggest bantam weight. Um Dom too, twenty four and four, coming off the loss to Cheeto uh, last summer. Both guys coming off lo- actually, Dom coming off two losses. Yeah, he, I forgot he lost to Pedro Munoz too. I I, I would want to watch that fight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Exciting, and then Brandon. Um, we'll see what he's up to. I guess. Uh... I see here you'd like the fight night to, uh, on ABC in Mexico. Yeah, uh, completely made up that uh, <laughs> there is no scheduled fight night in Mexico. But they always do one. I feel like they always do one ABC fight night. And they normally make it either a very juicy contender fight or a title fight. 
And I think this makes normally they do a weight category that isn't the best, whether it's women's or flyweight. So I think this would make a lot of sense to do a Brandon Moreno versus uh, Pantoja. Uh, Alexandre Pantoja, uh, you know, Mexico City on ABC. Why not, dude? You got the, you got the whole uh, Latino population in America and Mexico tuning in on ABC, Telemundo, uh, just to watch Brandon Moreno. You put some other Mexican fighters on that card. You put American fighters on that card. Yeah. yeah. Imagine Cheeto Vero winning uh, the belt, you know, and that, that Brandon and Cheeto could be on a card. Interesting, interesting. Getting all of Latin America, huh? Mm-hmm. That would be something. No, yeah, you you could make a whole like Central America. Just yeah, uh, I, I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that, and then it'd be a great selling point for like an ABC card. It would. Moving on to the main event. We had Glover taking on the new and new <laughs> champion, Jamal Hill. Yep. What'd you think of that fight? Uh, uh, round five decision for Hill. Um, really? Honestly, towards the fifth round, I thought Glover really was starting to cook. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a case to stop this also between the rounds. Um, I don't know. It, it was, it was, it was, it was a hard watch because I did think Glover was going to go out and fight better than he did. I thought we'd see more, excuse me. Uh, we'd see more of kind of what we saw Glover versus Yuri, but instead what we saw was Jamal Hill just tee off on Glover's head, uh, for 25 minutes. Um, so it was, it was kind of a hard watch. Um, definitely points in there where I thought Glover was done, but dude, Glover's a beast. He just kept fucking ducking and dodging and weaving and just surviving. Yeah. I think, I don't know how many strikes in total. At one point I saw he had like over 190. I wonder if he, that's what he finished with or if he had over 200, but that is insane. To strike land two or to throw two hundred, even the he definitely has the stamina for five rounds, and I think that's yeah. pretty scary that uh, that he uh, he even had a, a late submission escape. Like th- there was a yeah. moment Glover was on him mount, mount. I think, yeah. yeah, and he like just went under, <laughs> flipped under Glover's. I don't know how where he pulled that fucking shit out. It was impressive. I thought he did really, really great. Way better than I thought he would do. Um, and one thing I want to say uh, with Glover retiring that I didn't like was uh, that he ended up just retiring to an empty stadium, empty arena. Uh, yeah, everyone, that wasn't. Everyone left. Yeah, that wasn't fun to watch. Um. <sighs> I saw like someone posted something about like, oh, well, in Brazil, it's like um, it's not like the true MMA fans because the average uh, person isn't going to be able to afford UFC tickets. So it's kind of like you have people who kind of just are going these rich people who are going to just have a fun time because the UFC is in town. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like I 
I mean, I don't believe that, like, if you are a, a UF, like, you know, UFC fan, you wouldn't even stay to hear Glover's, like, goodbye to the world, you know? Yeah. And then um, there was a report I saw. So that arena fits, like, 18,000. And I think a report came out saying that they only sold somewhere between, like, 14, and 13,000. So it wasn't mm. a sellout. Something to remember too. This was a bad time for the UFC to go there too because they're still dealing with like, uh, they had their own like capital riots and they had to like kick out the president and all this stuff. So a lot of like political turmoil going on in Brazil at the moment. Um, so not the best time to go visit. Um, but all that being said, still very disappointing. Yeah, I will say this though. I think it was like close to three a.m. their time. Mm-hmm. Um, when the event ended, I don't know. Maybe people are like, "We're just tired. We're ready to go home." Um, but all still, the Brazilians like... lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was weird to see that. Yeah. Um, so, who should Jamal fight next? Ooh. Mm. I'm gonna go with Alex. Oh yeah, Potan, Potan. <laughs> yeah, I would. That's kind of the fight. Light heavyweight needs like I don't know. People need Yuri's out. Uh, Magomed lost. Jan lost. Uh, Glover's out. I mean, I don't Rackage know. Rakic is hurt. Yep, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's fair. I. I like that fight. I do. I do want to see Alex fight Jamal Hill. I do want to see Alex fight at two hundred five. I think Alex at two hundred five is terrifying. Um, I don't know if I want that to be the next fight though. I don't know. Oh, I'm like torn because at the same time, I want to see Alex fight Adesanya. Um, yeah, that... and I, I and or as a Whitaker fan, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Whitaker fight. Alex. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. Because imagine if Whitaker beats Alex. Like, what, what mm-hmm. do we do there? <laughs> then Alex moves out to 205. And he doesn't have to fight Izzy again. And he wins. Forever. He's a forever winner. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. Those, those, those cards can shift so much. Yeah, between Alex fighting Hill, Alex fighting Whitaker, Alex fighting Adesanya, Hill fighting either Megamid, Jan, maybe Rakic, eventually Yuri. Um, oh, it's so up in the air. If if I had to have my pick, I would say Alex fights Whitaker, Hill fights Megamed. You you don't give the uh, immediate rematch to Izzy after being a, a champ and defending. Izzy's the not title. ready. Izzy's mm. not ready. I don't think he is. That's what the words coming out, and then that's what Alex said too. Well, before this fight, I feel uh, Alex said. Uh, if Izzy isn't ready, Whitaker said he is, and I will fight Whitaker. But then now Glover loses, and then now I think that whole he wants I'll to fight play. Whitaker is now <laughs> maybe he wants to now fight Hill sometime in the summer, maybe early summer, and then fight Izzy like towards like fall towards winter. Uh, that's tough. Is Alex allowed to do that without a title defense to just jump up and Dude, that's claim the, the guy belt? Like, the guy has like four UFC fights and he's already like, <laughs> in one <intense>. year. 
Yeah, and trying to contend for the champ champ status. Like, Jesus, dude. Oh, uh, man. I, someone needs an to get a film crew there and like, start recording him. He's an absolute animal, dude. Uh, I saw this really cool video of like... Um, I could send it to you, but it's uh, it's a uh, Instagram reel, and it's Alex at a press conference, kind of looking off into the distance. And it's a quick edit, like behind him, of like all his achievements in kickboxing and Muay Thai. But then at the beginning, it's like uh, getting into kickboxing just so you can afford a motor, uh, like a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> and then it runs through all of his like achievements in like five seconds, and then he like snaps back and like answers a question. Um, that, it was it was a cool edit, and I. The more I learn about the guy, I'm really, I'm really liking Alex Pajero. I wish he wasn't 35. I wish he was like 28, uh, so we could get more years out of him. Uh, but it's very interesting to see what the next year is going to look hey, like. Maybe the 28 year old Alex wouldn't pull off what he pulled off. You know, it, 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 it is fair the, enough. That's how the uh, that's how it went down. Fair enough. All right. Now that we've covered what was the last month, we got to do some. Quick updates in the world of combat sports with uh, our segment called Around the Cage. First off, we are getting the fight every everyone wanted. Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury in March in Saudi Arabia. Oh, man. If you don't win, Tommy, you ain't allowed to come back. You better land the chin on the pole. <laughs> if, Tommy, if Tommy loses to, to Jake Paul, he can stay in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Tyson Fury quote. Um, Tommy is not allowed back home if he loses to Jake Paul. Those Good. are. That... <laughs> uh, no, here's the thing, man. Tommy will lose that fight. It's a oh man! It's a either he is living with his, with Tyson and train. What if he's living with and just training with Tyson every until the fight? That's the deal. You think you see, uh, dude? I don't know because here's the thing: I've watched some of Tommy's Fury's fights, especially the Anthony Taylor fight. Dude, the guy is raw and like not in a good way, like. Jake Paul is a better boxer than Tommy Fury if you're just watching opponent versus opponent. I don't think Tommy Fury beats Anderson Silva. I don't think Tommy Fury beats Tyron Woodley even. Uh, so if you're telling me who would I put my money on, oh, it's Jake. Uh, yeah, it's, he has the proven record against now. I mean, I would, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he now has that uh he has a legitimate uh, record now against, I mean, if you knock down Silva, you you're legit. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. His Anderson Silva striking, even at his age is still crisp. Um, I will say w- loser of this fight. Like, okay. Think about this man, Jake Paul. Just think about maybe Tommy lands a good uppercut rocks. Jake, Jake, fall, whatever. Tommy wins the fight. What's the whole Jake Paul PFL thing going to turn into? Oh, yeah. Now he... Well, I don't know if it's like ruined per se. I think if he puts in... As long as he can mentally collect himself and uh, put in that work again into MMA. I mean, I don't... I mean, I don't know how it's going to... train. I mean, MMA is kind of a whole different thing. So... But if he is able to put on good perform, like wins in PFL, I think he's fine. Um, but 
he's he's got a very good team. His management isn't going to put him up against people they think he has a chance at losing at. He has mm-hmm. been very he's got a very good team. He's been pumped a lot of money and you can buy championships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um he does he's got the best trainers. He's got Everything and it's all he does. He has no other job. It's all he does, and that's why he's gotten so good so fast uh, compared to everyone else. I Do mean, you for buy the last five years, the- dude? All he's been doing is boxing. Yeah, no, yeah, it's been training, and you can see he's got a legit. He's he's a strong. He's got muscles. He's a strong guy. He's he's dude. He's quick too. His fucking mm-hmm. he, his his footwork is good, man. He's a good boxer. I can't I can't say anything. Um negative about his boxing um from as far as like what i know of the sport um i think he takes that fight if he doesn't though um pfl is gonna put an egg on their head because <laughs> i think that hype dies down too um if tommy loses his career might be over too in boxing oh no yeah it's uh that's the thing where it's like i don't a lot of uh, pressure. I mean, that he has that royal blood name, where which is still cons- it's like, uh, it's like, um, yeah, it's it's royal blood. It's mm-hmm. he. It's it's the fury, the best boxer in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are his little brother that likes to box, and Fury is also Fury. He's putting a lot of pressure on his brother. I don't think there would be as much pressure if. Fury doesn't keep going like, oh, you know, you're not allowed back, or you're he's gonna just smoke them, or that's mm-hmm. uh, it's just how the it's just how those gypsies are, man. You know that. In <laughs> uh, more important news, breaking news, actually, um, Tracy Cortez and Brian Ortega have broken up, and amen. If you're asking me. Uh, it's great to see Tracy Cortez back on the market. Uh, hopefully, she can find someone that's um, better than Brian Ortega. <laughs> uh, pound for pound, Tracy Cortez is the most attractive fighter in the UFC. Yes, I said it. <laughs> is that also what MMA guru thinks? Where did... uh, he put her in A tier, um, S tier. He put Paula. I think Paula something something. Um, but God bless Tracy Cortez. Can't wait to see your next fight. All right, we'll move on to the next thing. Uh, Power Slap League, man. Oof. Uh, the Romanians see. did it better. The Romanians, Loki did it better. Uh, who's it? Eric uh, Spicily? 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 Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ultimate Fighter veteran, actually, semifinalist uh, on Ultimate Fighter 23. Key Mountain said that the UFC came to him, offered him a deal to uh, be in the Power Slap League, and he came out and said that uh, they offered 2K to show, 2K to win. So uh, $4,000 total if he was to win. Man, can you imagine paying or getting paid $2,000 for brain damage? Uh, No, I cannot. It's like brain damage. Actually, no, I can because watching the league is free, and that is brain damage. (laughs) Uh, i don't know dude this is just such a bad taste in everyone's mouth and everyone's kind of like looking around like uh what's like (laughs) 
Like, is this for real? Yeah, <laughs> uh, like, okay, like the whole slap league thing. Like, okay, if you're just scrolling through TikTok, Instagram, whatever, and you see someone get knocked out from a slap, you're like, oh, well, okay, and it catches your attention, and then you slide to the next thing. That's what it's good for. Not creating an ultimate fighter type of fucking show that has a, like a league of fight of slappers and like there, there's weight categories and all this stuff. Who fucking cares? Um, not to mention also um, that this is just getting fucking um, that at the end of the day, you're just watching guys eat punches, essentially open hand punches, getting brain damage, not being able to defend themselves. Um, and uh, it's just boring too. If you like watch more than five minutes of it, you just, it's the same thing. Like you'd be surprised how boring it gets watching someone just slap. I almost, man. yeah, I almost want to say like, it's not supposed to be like enjoyed in the, in the full format. I almost want to mm-hmm. believe like the whole league was created for TikTok or whatever mm-hmm. to make those clips, to make those mm-hmm. things. And then that'll spread out in the social media world. And that's how it's going to generate revenue, popularity, etc. Maybe because I did, as it is right now, it's, it seems, seems very much like a, like old men sat around a certain, at a table and they were like, "Hey, this is cool. Let's make a whole show about it." Yeah, uh, I don't... and that's why viewership uh, wasn't great. Um, so first episode aired uh, with two hundred twenty two hundred ninety five thousand live viewers. Would you say, oh, that's not bad, but then um, apparently, so AEW, which is uh, pro wrestling, it's WWE's biggest competitor, uh, airs on TBS before Power Slap, and they're averaging just over 900,000 live viewers. So then the second it's AEW ended, went to Power Slap, 600,000 people uh, turned off their TV, flicked to another channel. Um, so that kind of tells you. And then yesterday, second episode aired. A little bit better, around 400,000 live viewers uh, for the second episode. So we'll see. We'll continue to monitor viewership. But uh, I don't know. I'll be honest. I have not. I have not watched it live. I have not either. I have seen like I've seen like one. I don't know if it's maybe the finalist one or something, but I saw like obviously how like some people started wobbling and stuff, but Mm -hmm. like. I don't like the whole you, you can't defend yourself there's no it's like i don't like there's gonna be someone who can just like come around and knock everyone out or just like break i, I don't know it's like it's not okay <laughs> <laughs> yes now moving on the co-main to the first one championship event in the United States taking place in Denver on May 5th. Sage Northcutt is back after a four-year break. Um, He's going to take on Ahmed Mujaba, Mujtaba. Mujtaba. And, uh, yeah, his first MMA fight back, um, co-maining with Demetrius Johnson uh, and Mar- mm-hmm. versus Marez 3. Yes. Um, it's good to see Sage back. Um, so, of course, you know, uh, he got knocked out four years ago, fractured his face, 
needed that extensive surgery. Um, and then listening listen to him talk, apparently he also had a very bad reaction to COVID. He was supposed to fight sometime in 2020 or 2021, I believe, and uh, had a bad reaction to COVID. Took him out for six months, actually. Um, it might be all that, uh, all those supplements he's taking, if you know what I'm saying. But oh, yeah. <laughs> if you go to Sage's Northcut, it's just him promoting like protein powders and like other supplements. It's it's fucking insane. Uh, but I love Sage. Uh, I think Sage is a super fun fighter. His fighting style is fun. I'm I'm really excited to see him back, and I hope he can go on a run here. One thing I will say though, I saw him on the MMA Hour, and uh, his face is how do I say this? Um, misaligned. Uh, that that left eye that got fractured is like not the same dimensions as the right eye and then it's a little lazy uh mm. that's something i didn't know because that was the first interview i really saw up close with his face uh because he's on zoom and you could see like that left eye is like kind of dancing to the side a little bit um when he's talking which i thought was really interesting and kind of the shows like like hey he's healthy he's fine but there is permanent damage Oh, man. Yeah, that's not fun. Um, hopefully, it doesn't impede him or impede him too much in his performance. Uh, but he's still young. He's like, what, 26, 27? Yeah, 26. And he could have a whole career. You know, he's he's legit. And I think he has a, he has promise at one. He could make a name for himself. Yeah, I hope I hope he just goes out there, has good fights, has fun fights, um, and he's just that karate man. You know what I'm saying? That karate, karate, <laughs> karate world champion. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, and then our last little update here, uh, Mr. Conor McGregor, uh, hinting at the a uh, tough, the Ultimate Fighter coaching season. Oh man, would that be something? So apparently, uh, UFC have offered. Connor the role of being a coach as part of his return and he seems interested from what reports are showing I would absolutely love to see Connor back on tough I think the whole Connor versus Chandler thing would be such an interesting dynamic such a fun one <laughs> just yeah, them yeah. going off at each other mm -hmm. uh, Chandler tweeted today like Connor for tough with eyes um, so, I, so people, a lot of people are on the MMA community being like, they don't, you know, they don't want Chandler because they think he'd be boring. I think we'd see some funny, cringy stuff come out of Michael Chandler's mouth. I think he would put on an act for the camera. Um, I think that would be a great season between Connor and Michael. Uh, if it's not Chandler, the next best option would be Jorge Masvidal. Dang. Uh, yeah, that would be like just two polar opposite people. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Two co-kids. Oh, my God. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I like that. I don't like the part of just Connor just all of a sudden being pushed right back in our face. I think he's... He's the most entertaining man in MMA, but I don't know if he is necessarily the most 
deserving and i don't like this whole thing where it's like we go based off popularity and not off wins and rankings i think that takes away from like the fighters who just put in the work in the gym versus the people who focus on the media you know Mm -hmm. that aspect so entertaining yes legendary yes will i love it yes but mm, it's I think there's a lot of other really well-deserving, interesting matchups that tough uh, they could do for tough in the UFC as well. Fair enough. Um, I, I think it's a great return for him because we get to see that personality again and um, would um, bring back the dead show. That is tough also. <laughs> it it <laughs> has be been a little dead. <laughs> the last two seasons, unwatchable. Uh, Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunes. Truly, truly, to the greatest degree, unwatchable. Uh, and then Vol- Volk and uh, Ortega actually had some promise for. Unfortunately, both guys are really boring. <laughs> uh, all right, breaking down now. Getting here towards the end. Um, I think uh, you know it doesn't make sense to bring up that you know Mr. Francis Ngannou is now a free agent. He is free. Um, he's free of the UFC. You know, uh, it seems like he's not really sure what's the next steps going forward, uh, whether it's going to be another MMA promotion, whether it's boxing. I think what he's looking for is kind of a hybrid where he can do MMA, but then run off and do a boxing fight here and there for some big money paydays, which totally makes sense. Only thing I will say is listening to his interview on the MMA hour, it, it, it seemed like he would benefit from having an agent because as of right now, he doesn't have an agent. He's negotiating all this by himself. I think he'd benefit from having an agent because there were some questions Ariel threw at him that he seemed kind of confused about in terms of clauses, in terms of kind of timelines and agent, like uh, talking about one fighter when this fighter is signed to this many fights uh, in terms of boxing and like, like all, all that type of stuff. So that's my one take. I was a bit like, ooh, listen to that interview with Ariel, uh, a little worried about like what what the future holds. Yeah, an agent would definitely help, if anything, at least uh, speed up the process. Because, you know, Francis seems like, you know, he seems like a happy, content guy. No regrets in his decision, but no no haste. No, like, oh, he's kind of like something will pop up when it pops up. Something good and he'll it'll happen. And yeah, it would, uh, an agent would ha- help him not get taken advantage of, but also set up the best possible thing, best possible match. You know, there are matchups that are going to disappear, appear, and an agent and stuff, they're going to help Francis pick what's the best thing. Um, that said, what do you think is like... Uh, would be the best thing for him is the uh is there an mma fighter out there that you'd really want to see him fight outside of the ufc or is it the tyson fury boxing thing that they keep just saying but nothing's really materializing from (laughs) um let's see here he could fight our boy over at one um <laughs> Arjan Arjan the the Indian heavyweight world champion um that'd be an interesting fight I'll say that <laughs> um, the Indian Daniel Cormier pretty much um yes <laughs> that would be interesting I don't know 
I want in terms of boxing, I want to see Tyson Fury fight uh, Alec, or, uh, Usyk. I I, I want to see that fight happen. I think that's the fight that needs to happen um, to unify the belts. Ooh, excuse me, but at the same time, I would the fight that makes sense for me. The reason Ngannou left the UFC was to get that Tyson Fury. With four ounce gloves and in a cage and all that, give me that fucking shit. Give me a freak show. If that's why you left the UFC, you know, if that's the money fight, give me a freak show. I know Chael Sonnen thought it was a stupid idea. Um, I don't know why it's a stupid idea. At the end of the day, it's somehow equalizing uh, that they're using four ounce gloves and in a cage versus a boxing ring, and Francis can actually work. You know, can push Tyson against the cage. Uh, can 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 fight him off the cage and the little techniques like that that you, you only get in MMA and whatnot. Uh, and, and then also, if you, if you see the way Tyson boxes, he definitely utilizes you know the the bigger gloves, getting that reach, getting the way he throws his jabs and all this stuff. So him in four ounce gloves would be very interesting. You know, he has to slip more. He can't just put his arms up and all this stuff. So I I, I would want to see that fight. Otherwise. Give me Engano at one. Fuck it. Yeah, why not? Give me Engano. I want to watch him on Prime Video. <laughs> that would be interesting. The the current like best heavyweight on the planet at one, and then they would have Demetrius, the goat. They'd have the the the, the goat for flyweight, and in you know an argument for the goat at heavyweight. Yeah. Um, so one would, and then they, they, they do their tour here in the United States and they're like, Oh, this is where Francis is. It's a pretty fun event. This is where Demetrius is. It's a pretty mm-hmm. fun event, you know? Yep, so yep, yep. that could be interesting. The Tyson Fury fight. I'm kind of on a where it's like, I'm excited, but I don't know if it's what is, um, super i mean i like that fight of like francis and tyson just sounds amazing but uh, it's just like uh it's just like an all-around just kind of like you said circus spectacle not uh i don't know it's not for a belt it's just it's a freak show yeah (laughs) exactly um i mean maybe we throw some leg kicks in there too huh (laughs) do something all right, what is our next topic, my friend? Well, Aljamain Sterling, and uh, he uh, found his next challenger, which is the one and only Henry Cejudo for UFC 287 in, on April 8th. Uh, that announcement was kind of, we were expecting, I'm happy we're going to see Cejudo in there. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I'm happy that this is the fight. Um, this will be interesting. This will be interesting indeed. I I have Henry Cejudo winning this, man. I think Henry Cejudo is too smart. I think Henry Cejudo is too... He's just been the last couple of years coaching some really great talent. John Jones being one of them. I think, I think Henry is going to go out there and kind of finally show Aljo uh, who the daddy is. Because Al just kind of kind of skimmed his way, cruised his way here to an uh, opportunity to have the record for most title defenses at Bantamweight, <laughs> which is a really disgusting thought. But um, I think Henry comes back and, you know, makes Aljo bend the knee, as he says. 
Oh man, yeah, I really don't know what I'm kind of on the whole like I don't believe in comebacks. I don't believe in you retired for if you're retired for more than three years or t- uh, two to three years, it's like I'm kind of like uh, I feel like you're mentally out of it, you know. So it's like if you're to like come back and uh, the thing is, is it's against like you said all Jermaine Sterling, which yeah he had the disqualification win over Jan and the split decision win where even Dana said that he thought Aljo lost and then the TKO but the guy only had an arm DJ Dillashaw he's got his buddy um, Marab beating all the good contenders for him <laughs> yeah but at the end of the day he's been winning and but yeah i don't know it's um i I need someone because I don't believe in the Jones comeback. I, I think Gon's going to win. I'm on that little wagon. Really? <laughs> okay. I'm, We're going to get that. in that in a sec here. I don't believe in the Conor McGregor comeback, unfortunately. I don't believe in the Cejudo. Do I think my predictions of those three are going to be all correct? Mm, I wouldn't parlay it, but I don't know. It's you're, I, I, My thought is they're mentally out of it. All my argument for this will be GSP. When GSP came back, beat Michael Bisping for the belt, like 2017, I think it was, maybe 2018, uh, came back at 185, beat Bisping for the belt, and then retired. Um, Because he was out of the sport for like four years at that point. Um, And he came back and he did it. And he won the belt back. And I think it's a mindset thing. I think it's a mind over matter and I think Henry has that mindset, being being the triple champ, you know, being an Olympic gold medal gold medalist, being a flyweight and a bantamweight champion. I, I I think, and he never really left the sport. He went into coaching. He went into podcasting with the schmo. Um, I think he's got the mentality to go out there and 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 just be the guy again. Okay, but if Sterling wins, he's the goat bantamweight beats absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Bantamweight, bantamweight is something. The goat of bantamweight, probably TJ Dillashaw. No, 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 no. Dominic, Dominic Cruz. Oh, Dominic. I think Dominic is the goat. TJ's close, number two. And then Cody Garbrandt, the one time he beat Dominic Cruz, is the goat, actually. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm excited for that fight, though. Do we? Uh, okay, April eighth. Yeah, it's the confirmed date. I think that I think that's going to be a sleeper fight. I think that fight could be really good because because think about what's Aljo's strategy. Aljo every fight goes in there to wrestle. He's not going to out wrestle Henry Cejudo. And Cejudo, his last couple years became so good at striking. Adopted like a karate wide stance style with good boxing. Man, I don't know. I don't know how Aljo wins that unless he gets another. Cheeky little, cheeky little win. Cheats his way to another win. Oh, man. To goat status. <laughs> to goat status, yeah. All right, and we're going to finish this pod, episode two. Thank you for listening this far, if you have. Um, with probably the announcement of the year, which you know did get leaked by uh, T-Mobile Arena. The goats. <laughs> uh, we're getting John Jones with Cyril Gone at UFC 285 in Las Vegas, baby uh that is going to be on march 4th 
Um, man, John coming off. What is that? Four years, three years away from the from the last fight, where he barely beat Dominic Reyes. Spent so many years getting ready to go up to heavyweight. Got to heavyweight. Put all that weight upper body. Uh, his legs are still skinny somehow. Uh, and Cyril gone. Get another chance at the belt. You think Cyril gone's winning, huh? Oh yeah, I would. This one, yeah, I think gone is winning. I think <sighs> he's gonna. I don't know. At the end, if he puts in a really good camp in uh, takedown defense and uh, eliminating the takedown like Dominic Reyes did, so it's not impossible, um, he will do just fine in standing. I don't know if John's going to be able to move like Gon does, bouncing around like he floating. <laughs> yeah. um, I hope it doesn't turn into a leg kick battle. Um, but uh, I have gone winning this. Oh man, I think it's so interesting because it's what it's. Does John wrestle? Does John out wrestle Gone and win that way, or does Gone just outstrike Jones? What? It's so weird. This fight is so weird because you can't compare it to anything because we haven't seen John at at heavyweight, and it's that that change from light heavyweight to heavyweight is so big such a big difference between the type of guys that are fighting um not height wise but that weight and the movement and the speed and the power is just different yeah gone put away a tie so he can definitely knock someone out he's very accurate yeah. it was like yeah. he was playing with tie almost and ties a, a dangerous guy to have in front of you like you can't play around with someone like that you know and yeah. he was playing around with Ty body shots, yeah. you know, eliminating him. It was pretty crazy to watch. So Jones might have bit off more than he can chew. I mean, I think he just got excited because of how Francis with literally one leg took down, slammed gone on the ground. <laughs> um, but uh, so I think Jones is pretty confident that he can do the same, but uh, mm. I don't think so. Interesting. I I can't <laughs> I can't pick against John Bones Jones. Uh, it's He's, just so easy. You just say it. He's I can't. I can't. I can't pick against John. Even though I like Cyril Gone, and I almost am rooting for Cyril Gone in this situation. No, I think I think I think Jones wins. I think John Jones is John Jones for a reason. Ah. Uh... I don't know. I think this is going to be like the, um, I don't know. I don't think John Jones gets to like, just, you know, you know what I mean? Cause after this, he wants to fight steep a, and that's okay. I will say John Jones will beat steep a, <laughs> um, but um, uh, I don't know. I kind of like the, I, I just don't see it unless it's decision win. Um, if it goes to decision, then I will say it should go, and it will. It will go to Patty Pimblet. Who's going to be the champ at heavyweight by the end of the year? Oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. Um, oh man, I, I would have to pull up the rankings because yeah, mm, actually, how depending on how okay, so gone 
does beat Jones, in my opinion. I think he will do one other fight against Stipe, and he will win that. So, unless Gon said he wants to fight like more than twice in the year, but I don't think that's going to be the case. So, Gon, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I think Cyril could be the champ by the end of the year. John could be the champ by the end of the year, or Sergey Pavlovich. Oh, the big Russian, NATO's worst nightmare. That uh, that guy is scary. That guy is uh, he's that gonna dude, tear. That dude slept Derek Lewis and Taito Ivasa back to back in the first round. Like he just. And the, dude, the best part about that dude, he threw hands with them, but kept it very, very technical. Yeah, I don't even know if we've seen everything he's got. You know, that's what's that's the whole thing. I don't even know if we've seen him be pushed. I'm pretty sure he has like a wrestling background too. Of course he does. <laughs> um, does he? <sighs> Six three. Mm, it... Only has one loss, which I th- believe was to Alistair Overeem in 2018. But um, other than that, yeah. Well, if Jones wins, then I would say it has to be like Jones. Then he wants Stipe, and then he's got to give Pavlovich a shot because he's he's earned it, in my opinion. He's right there. Oh, yeah. But so I hope he doesn't be. I hope Pavlovich isn't like put on the back burner. He deserves yeah. to be on the pay per views and stuff. He's really exciting. Hundred percent. Uh I'm looking. He trains at Eagles MMA Moscow. Damn, what what are they doing? Oh, Eagles MMA Moscow. What are they doing over there? I don't know. I think I think it must be a Khabib gym. Interesting. But um I like Pavlovich a lot. I like the way he fights a lot. He's an entertaining fighter. Um but I'm I'm putting my card in. I'm picking Johnny Bones Jones for two eighty five. Well, we'll have to see then what happens. Uh, that's a that's a really uh, that's exciting. Like I thought, this was what was I thought this was going to happen last year. Jones fight McGregor fighting. You know, it's even San, Henry Cejudo. I think was like flirting all last year. And yeah, so I'm happy we're finally getting it rolling because I need some fun, insane action. Yeah this this could this could be a good year for the UFC. Um, with some of the some of the fighters lined up here, um, so we'll we'll keep you guys updated. We'll do we'll know, we'll do as much as we can. Uh, thank you for listening to episode two of the Switching Stances podcast. Um, on whatever you watched it on, please leave a like. Uh, give us a five star rating if you can on Spotify. Um, any last words, Ross? No, I think we're all set. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye.